And welcome to the Ashley Webster Experience. Joining us today, a special guest alongside Brian Solomon. He's always a special guest with us, but we really do have a special guest. Her name, and you probably recognize this name, Tommy Lauren. She's the conservative media firebrand is how people like to label her. She's also a host on the Fox Nation. Uh, She does a gazillion things. She's Mm -hmm. massive on social media. She's a very, very... Uh, outspoken conservative, but she has an amazing and a, a really amazing story of how she got to where she is now. And she's still very young. She's got so much uh, ahead of her, and we're very lucky to have her in the studio. Tommy, welcome. Thank you. That's quite the introduction. I love it when people say firebrand. It's like, what really is fire? I feel like that's a nice way to say controversial and a lot of there people you hate you. Because that's like too it. long for a headline. So I it's think firebrand. Firebrand means you have every bit of confidence in what you're saying. That right? is true. Energy. I have that. And energy, yeah. yes. You, you know, you've got to have that these days. Uh, uh, okay, uh, you're, you're a young lady. You, you grew up in South Dakota. Which is interesting, and they say rural South Dakota. To me, all of South Dakota. Yeah, there really is rural. isn't a metropolis, <laughs> so to speak, in South Dakota. The I big mean, city. I, I come from the second largest city, and that's about seventy thousand. So, just to give you a where concept, is that out of interest? Rapid City, oh, so Mount the Rushmore. Black Hills. Yes, yes you know, I you lived know. in Montana. We used to go through South Dakota and North Dakota, for that matter. But uh, yeah, North I Dakota know isn't as fun. No. <laughs> I mean, and I can say that because I've been to North Dakota. It's not as fun. They have oil, and but that's about it. Well, talking of fun, you grow up in uh, South Dakota, but you end up going to school at UNLV. You go to the University of Las Vegas in the desert, casinos, crazy place. That must have been quite a transition for you. Yeah, I think the most... I guess tr- biggest transition you could make from South Dakota is probably Las Vegas, Nevada. <laughs> but that was why I wanted to do it. That, that's why I wanted it because I, right. I didn't grow up in an area that's got extreme diversity. Yeah. You know, and people in South Dakota, we generally, we think a lot alike and it's a great way to think. It's a great way to grow up. But I knew if I wanted to do what I wanted to do, and that is be in media and be in politics and do commentary, I need to be around people who think differently than I do. And you knew that from a young age that that's a what you wanted to do. Age. I started at a very young age with a camcorder making cooking shows with Play-Doh. I mean, you name it. I was in front of the camera doing whatever I could do. And your beliefs, your conservative beliefs, does that come from your upbringing? It does. But, you know, people often ask me that. They think, well, you must have grown up in a very strict conservative home. That's really not the case. My parents Mm. are conservative. Most people in South Dakota are conservative. But I think that's more of a product of the way we grew up being hard work, Work ethic, determination, you don't take anything from anybody, you give back what you can. It's just a very honest way to make a living Mm. in a lot of the flyover states, and I think that lends itself to conservatism. So that's how I grew up, always just appreciating the the value of a dollar and the value of hard work. It's interesting because uh, I come from another country, but but I've done a lot of political coverage in the United States for the last 30 years, and I've really enjoyed it. I find it fascinating, to be honest with you. Um, It's almost an addiction for me. And this is before the age of Donald Trump and everything that we're seeing now. Um, And and generally, I've noticed it's the liberals that tend to be the loud, shout-you-down group. And I still think that's true today. But it's interesting to be on the conservative side, who tend to be the silent majority, frankly. And you mentioned flyover states, which is what, what makes me think of this, is that there's this big majority out there who have basic conservative ideas, but it's the coastal elites on the East Coast and the West Coast that seem to drive the engine because they know better than us. And what's nice is what I say nice, but I think what is probably fair is on the conservative side now, we have people who make points 
and like I use that expression, firebrand, but it's always been the left that shouted the loudest, and mm-hmm. now there's some pushback, and you're part of that pushback. you got to fight back. You know, I grew up in a way where we'd watch the nightly news. That was a staple in my household. Every night we'd watch the nightly news. Oftentimes we'd watch ABC. My parents liked to watch ABC. But there would be so many inconsistencies with the way I grew up and the way I was raised, especially when it came to things like gun culture. Mm-hmm. You know, in South Dakota, we might not know everything that you guys deal with on Wall Street. We might not know Hollywood very well, but there's one thing we understand understand it's agriculture and it's gun culture and the mainstream media would get it wrong time and time again the way they characterize mass shootings or the way they characterize gun owners in general i just saw a lot of issues with that and i thought there are so many people here in the middle who really don't have a voice because we don't have an outlet we have our local news but that's speaking to each other Mm -hmm. we need to be able to find a way to break through on a national scale and say this is what the people of middle america are thinking donald trump understood that and i believe that's why he won the presidency well you're now living in L.A. You're in the belly of the beast of the liberal world. Are you well received with with what you're saying and what you represent? Some places more than others. But I will tell you this. I it's easy to remember the negative interactions I have than the confrontations, the things that make me feel nervous or unsafe. It's mm-hmm. easy to remember those things because they stick in your mind. But what I try to look at is the number of people that come up to me really on a weekly basis in a grocery store, out at a bar, in a mall and say, I'm conservative too. And there's nobody who's conservative in California. But do they it's do it just in a hushed too. voice? They do it in a way. Yeah, it is. And that's unfortunate. That's yeah. what I want to change. But there are so many conservatives. They just don't feel like they have a place or a home. And they almost fall victim to this mob mentality and they think that I must be liberal, I won't have any friends, or at least I have to pretend that I'm a liberal. And I look at them and say, why don't you be proud of who you are? Your real real friends and family are going to like you anyway, so you might as well just be honest with yourselves and others. And I think that some people are starting to do that. But they whisper Donald Trump because Donald Trump and his supporters are looked at as racist, people who hate migrants, hate a lot of things uh, about America. And it's simply not true, but that's how that's why the polls were wrong. People wouldn't admit mm-hmm. to people taking polls that they were going to vote for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Same as in, in the UK. They wouldn't admit they were going to vote for Brexit, but they did. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of a strange – it's a common sense, but it's yeah. a strange thing. It's a sad thing that people don't feel safe enough to say, yeah, I like Donald Trump. I think he's doing a great job. It's certainly with the economy. I may not agree with everything he does, but my God, he's getting things done, which so many politicians haven't before. But they're kind of reticent to say that. They are, and I think there's a lot of misinformation as well. People hear Donald Trump, like you said, and they automatically think all these negative labels that people have placed on him, Mm. but they're misinformed as to everything he's doing for this country and what he really stands for and believes in. If they knew that, if they understood that, I think he'd have far more support, and people would be proud to say they were Trump supporters. But this negative media campaign that's waged every night and day on other networks, that is the the lazy viewer and the lazy voter who take that in Mm -hmm. and that becomes gospel and fact to them. Is it hard in your peer group? You're in your 20s, you're a millennial. That to me is unusual to have someone, it's not unusual to be conservative, but to be stridently so and not be afraid to speak up because many of your age think otherwise. No, they do. I actually was talking to a friend who lives in the Potomac area and in D.C., a very affluent area. But she has kids and she said, I don't even know how to raise kids here because they come home from school at five and six years old. And they're already being taught things about how Donald Trump's horrible. They're already being taught liberal policy. There was one kid who said his hero was Donald Trump and the rest of the parents ridiculed the child. That's what we're up against. I'm only 26, but it wasn't that bad when I was in school. It's so much worse now. Well, what you said. Ashley, yeah. about you know having to hide 
you know, your feelings and not tell people that you're conservative or you like Trump. To me, I just feel like the fact that people have to hide what they think and what they believe is the most un-American way to live. Of course. But mm-hmm. right? that's, that's and the that's world where, we're in right where now. We're regressing. The aggression from, from the left. Yeah. Look what goes on on college campuses. Yeah. You know, God forbid you get a conservative speaker. They have to call in security or cancel yeah. the event. Or you get any. punched in the face. Exactly, <laughs> which we've seen. And, yeah. you know, if there's ever a place for free speech, it should be college campuses. But that is the world we live in. And, and uh, it's sad. Well, they've made it into a, a moral. We talked about this this morning. They mm. they make it into some kind of a, a moral high ground that they can stand on, and they think that intimidating conservatives and Trump supporters, labeling them, shouting them down, they think that that is their moral and ethical duty to do that because we've been demonized and put into such a corner in a box that they think they can say anything to us because, well, we are. We are racist. We are deplorable. We are bigots. So we have to attack those people. We have to run them out of town. That's what they think. And we've got, like we talked about this morning, we've got elected leaders who are not only just implying it, they're calling for it directly. That's a problem. It is a problem. You're absolutely right. And, you know, in your position, um, you're obviously on social media, you've got a gazillion followers. Um, do you ever get threats? Because we hear mm. about that. I know you had an incident in, in um, Minnesota, Minneapolis, yeah. where you were at a restaurant and someone threw water on mm-hmm. you and just because you were there. Yeah, I was there with my parents at brunch. And, and, and then they th- proceeded to yell F me through the whole place. And then the funny part, I was asked to leave. They threw water Jeez. on me they, they, and my parents, and then they come and they're like, yeah, we're going to have to ask you to leave. I'm like, first of all, I don't want to be here. I'm going to leave. But just out of curiosity, what made you think that I'm the, the problem of yeah. this? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, yes, I've had incidents. I've had my fair trips to the police department to file reports. That has been, unfortunately, that has been at least a monthly routine for me, having yeah. to worry about this, that, or the wow. other. But I, I'm not going to live in fear from it. People say, oh, well, you know, don't, especially when I talk about rappers. I often get messages from conservatives. Yeah, you've had some, some yeah, battles in the past. Yeah, which is weird for a conservative. Sometimes you don't think we enter that world. I enter that world, and it makes them uncomfortable. They don't like that I have invaded their world. Mm. And so they come after me, and, and I have people all the time say, you know, I just don't mess with them. Don't say anything to them because their fans are vicious. They'll come find you. So that's Why? what I'm going to do. This is America. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to stop talking about things you don't want me to talk right. about because you're going to intimidate me. No, I'm sorry. I, I can fight mm-hmm. my own well, battles. What's annoying about back. this, uh, Tommy, is that – you know, I don't agree with them, but I'm not going to threaten them. I no. hear what they say, yeah. but I don't agree with it. But 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 I don't respond with violence, which is what is happening in today's world. That the that those that don't agree with you not only just disagree, they want to do you harm. Yeah, no, it's it's become that it, because they don't have ideas that can speak for themselves. And a lot of times, even if you are, so I respect a liberal who's an educated liberal. Right. That's actually sounds like an oxymoron, <laughs> and in most cases, it is. But. I respect liberals who are just have a conviction of they're a liberal and they believe that the climate change Armageddon is coming. I can respect you if you have your set of facts and you want to debate it. I might disagree with you, but I can respect you. But the problem is that so many leftists now, they don't really have any facts or anything. They just hate Donald Trump and they hate mm-hmm. Trump supporters. And that is their argument. And if you like Donald Trump, or you're a Trump supporter or you're a conservative. Mm. Then the only thing that they can do to, to come at you is to threaten you because they can't threaten you mm-hmm. on your ideas. They're not threatening your idea of tax reform. They're not threatening you on your immigration policy. They're threatening you because they don't like who you voted for. Yeah, for, for just mm-hmm. being you and having yeah. an opinion. Yeah, and with Trump, it's always the, oh, I don't like his style. I don't like the way he speaks. 
but it seems like, especially in these trade negotiations or the negotiations with North Korea, mm. his personality and his style has been working. You know, he's shown that, hey, I'm a tough negotiator. I'm a strong talker. And he's unconventional, you know? which is a good thing. Puts him, kind of puts him off kilter. Yeah. If, they, if anything, that gives him the advantage, it seems like. See, that's the thing. People are criticizing the way his style, but not the outcome. Right. Well, yeah, so his not presidential. Who's to say what's mm-hmm. presidential and what's not? Yeah. We had someone who seemed very presidential for eight years, and what did it get our country? Nothing. <laughs> so I'll take Donald Trump, and I'll take his unconventional style. But the thing is, people talking about this, they're the same kind of people who will say, oh, well, he's not presidential. And then they'll go on Twitter, and they'll say the nastiest, most disgusting things right. to me and other conservatives. But But they speak that way. They speak directly. They speak honestly and authentically. So you'd think that they would— Look at someone like Donald Trump and say, I can relate to that mm-hmm. because I'm not putting the fluff behind it. I'm not trying to put a bow on it. This is who he is. This is how he talks. It's true. Get over but, it. Uh, you know, you're in Southern California. I lived in Southern California for seven, eight years. Why did you leave? Uh, Besides yes, the taxes and taxes the liberals. Taxes and the liberals. <laughs> Other than that, it was great. The weather so was came to New York, which was much better. <laughs> I, I went from England to California, and there was this great ball of something in the sky. It was called the sun, I found yeah. out later, and it was absolutely beautiful. Um of course, a big issue, immigration. I wanted to talk to you about that because I also lived in Yuma, Arizona, right down on the border there and would do many stories with the Border Patrol. And I got there just after they put the wall up in that particular section. And I'll tell you, people who lived in Yuma said it made a huge difference. We didn't get swarms of people walking down the street on a regular basis. It actually slowed down and in some cases stopped um, these illegal immigrants just kind of waltzing their way into the country. Now, I know you've been down to the border quite a bit. Uh, but you're in a state, California, a sanctuary state, where everyone believes, yes, come on down. We'll, we'll set you up. Um, you can get on the benefit system. Um, it's just free reign. A shameless attempt to get more votes, by the way. That's what it boils down to. But President Trump calls it a, a, a national emergency, and I agree with him. And what do you say? It's a crisis. It's beyond a national emergency. It's a crisis. And, you know, I wish he would go, go even further. I know he's giving them a year. That's great. Um we don't just need to stop the drugs. We need to stop the people. These people are coming, and people don't realize the game that they are playing. They are coming over here with their families, with children, whether they're their children or not. Sometimes that's not even the case, but they're coming over here. They know full well that the detention centers can't hold them. Right. And they know their rights because they've been briefed on what their rights are. Why we give them rights, I still don't understand, but they're briefed on that. They know exactly what they need to say and what they need to do. So they come over here, and they know there are not enough beds. The Democrats, by the way, they want to reduce the number of beds. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. And then they have to release them because they can't detain them. There's no beds. So they release them. And usually the the court proceedings take about five years. They get a notice to appear. How many do you think show up? Less than 3%. So what do they do? They go into the country. They live as illegal immigrants. They have three, four, five kids who are now their anchor babies. And then now you can't deport them. So we have a crisis in this country. We already have somewhere between 11 and 22 million illegals in this country, probably far more. How many more million can we take? Well, it's annoying for someone like myself who went through the whole process as part of a family. We did it legally. It took three years, went through all sorts of hoops, uh, medical tests and very deep background testing, by the way, to go through all of that and then be told, you know what, you could have just walked into the country. Mm-hmm. Why bother? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also think that the fact that you have these sanctuary cities and states, it's just a massive invitation for people to break the law. I, I just I can't understand the mm-hmm. log- logic. Uh, you know, listen, there's a process in, in place. There is a, a way to do this. But to just simply ignore what the law is and walk across or climb over the border and then expect these things to be handed to you and just to take off into the country and get lost really, really upsets me. Of course it does. It should upset every legal immigrant that does it the right way. And I can't imagine what it's like to be a border agent. I just saw this morning on Fox and Friends that – 
they're not able to even fill the, the positions for border agents yeah. is becoming worse and worse because who wants to do that job? Who wants to do that job? It's like trying to drain a bathtub, but you leave the water. <laughs> it's, it just it's, you yeah. can't do it. And, so, and these legal immigrants and these horrible stories, you know, some, you know, commit murder and often uh, or whatever crime it is, they get deported. They're back again, mm-hmm. sometimes multiple times, deported five, six, seven times to come back and, and commit more crimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's got to be a way to stop this. And this is the way I think we can appeal to those who might not generally be on, on our side of the immigration issue. Mm-hmm. And this is what I try to tell people in California all the time. When these illegal immigrants are coming in, they're not going to Beverly Hills. They're going to Compton. They're going to Inglewood. They're going to already underserved communities and largely minority communities. Mm. That's where they're going. These communities are already underserved. Their schools are already overburdened. They already have issues. And now you've got illegals who are coming in who are using those resources. They're going to school. They don't speak English. And so now all of your kids that are in these inner cities and these communities that are already underserved, now they're being burdened by people that have no legal right to be in this country. Mm. If that doesn't fire these people up. I don't know what does. You want to help inner cities, you're going to have to stop the flow of illegal immigrants because not only are they going to come in and take your jobs, they're going to be in your schools, they're going to be in your bus stations, they're going to be... Well, putting you, a strain on the infrastructure. Oh, the, thing, mm-hmm. the police and they, the crimes that they commit, are, are they're going to be in those areas. They're not right. going to be where all these self-righteous Hollywood liberals a behind a gated community in the Hollywood Hills right. or Beverly Hills. Living That's not where these wall. illegals are going. They're not going mm-hmm. to Nancy Pelosi's yard. Well, they're they can't coming. because there's a big wall around Exactly. It. Uh, ironically, yeah. It's, have you? Uh, by the way, I forgot to ask. You, have you met with the president? I have met him before. We've yeah. also spoken on the phone after the election, but you know, we don't have. I'm not as I'm not as close as <laughs> uh, as some, some people would think that I am. I'm not like calling up. Hey, Don, how's <laughs> it going? You know, that's, <laughs> well, some people know, think if, though. If and if he is reelected, maybe would you be interested in becoming more? Perhaps, perhaps getting involved in the administration. You know. I guess or do you prefer to be on the sideline and you know, be a commentator? I, I'd rather I'd rather be a commentator just because I think we also need to hold Trump accountable. I'm the first one to say, in order for us to fully support you in 2020, you need to build the wall. Right. You need to get things done because all these other things that you're doing, they're great. But when you fill stadiums of people and they're chanting, build that wall, mm-hmm. that's what we wanted. Yeah. That's what a lot of people voted for. Well, do you think his efforts so far, he's done a lot to try to get it done. Do you think his efforts so far have been good to this point? I was happy with the declaration of the state of emergency. Before that, I was a little upset because we need to, you know, trying to deal with the Democrats with the government shut down. That was a disaster. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with the declaration. I'm happy with him saying that he would close the border. I think giving them a year is ridiculous. I think we need to say and cutting the aid, I think, is a great thing. It's like you, you want the United States help. Mm-hmm. Don't be sending thousands mm-hmm. and thousands of people a day to come knock on our door or just walk right through. It's our not door. free money. Yeah, so we need to. He needs to get tough. I think he is. He needs cooperation. I'm more disgusted with the rhinos that sit in Congress who campaigned on border security mm-hmm. and then went there and did the exact so opposite. rhino Republican in name only. Yes, so pretend that, Republicans. Yes, so that it? that bothers me more than anything else. Is yeah. that a lot of them campaigned on border security? I have a our sole representative from my state of South Dakota mm. voted against the the declaration saying oh yeah I, I don't know that's it's a bad precedent you know then then the liberals are going to you're going to take the reins and then they're going to do that well newsflash to you they're going to do that anyway right they're going to come after our guns they're going to come after our rights anyway so and let's not forget sitting in South Dakota you don't have to yeah. worry about uh, the border so much on you the southern think, border but let's not forget Molly Tibbetts who was murdered in True. Iowa Let's not forget, border issues aren't just for border states because they don't just stay in border states. They trickle all the way through Mm -hmm. this country. How much do you blame the employers in this country who employ, perhaps knowingly, 
illegal aliens in order to pay lower wages. Do you think there should be big, bigger penalties for those people? I absolutely do. And I think that a reason that a lot of these rhinos in Congress are so reticent to do anything is because they sure like getting the support from these big corporations that yeah. depend on that low-skill, low-wage labor. And that's disgusting to me because this country is hanging in the balance. We cannot take 10, 20 million more illegals in this country. We can't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other issues, health care, I feel like the Republicans have blown that. The old uh, repeal and replace uh, just kind of went out of the window. Um, probably not going to be a main issue, at least from the GOP point of view, in 2020. But I think the Democrats will try and hammer that home. It's been frustrating that the, that, that the administration hasn't been able to, to, to get Obamacare out of the way and put in a system mm-hmm. that's, that's more equitable for everyone. That's it's such a big hurdle, and it I think is. it's so challenging. I think that the way that the the far left is going, though, is just everything's going to be free, for all. yeah, universal. Yeah. I think that's a disaster. When so Jerry Brown in in California, mm-hmm. he thought that was to do universal health care in California. He said that was too extreme. That's Moonbeam Jerry Brown said that was too extreme. <laughs> now we've got Greasy Gavin Newsom is like, no, make it all free and bring in the illegals. Right. So I think that's well, going to be a bad. Path, every but. almost every single time Fox News conducts a poll on the top issues for voters, health care is always number one. I know. Right. So that's the number one issue that we're seeing, but we can't tackle it. And that I think if. President Trump and the Republicans can get something done before 2020, that could be the X factor that gets a lot of independents on board. Yeah, I think so, too. Mm-hmm. But I think you deal with immigration first. Mm-hmm. People don't realize what a what a suck illegal immigrants are on our economy, our resources, everything else. Um, we have to deal with the issues in this country. But I think first we have to stop the flow of, of that, because how do you take care of your own people when you've got millions more rushing your borders? We need to take care of that issue. I think we need to address health care. But right now, everything on my mind is the crisis at the border and stopping that because that impacts us for generations to come. That, that's going to transform this country. Mm-hmm. And not only that, Republicans, if, if they, all these illegals come in and, and they have anchor babies and they live in the shadows and then, you know, Democrats are going to start making way for them to be able to vote. Mm-hmm. That's true. They're already in California. They want driver's license for illegals. We have that. When you sign up for a driver's license, you get put on the voter rolls. And they say, oh, no, we, we stop that. Uh, we, yeah. we stop them. Oh, didn't. really? No. You do. I really don't trust California <laughs> with that. Before you go, Tommy, because I know you're, you're rushing. We're so glad you could join us. Um, for, getting back to 2020, um, as a Republican, who would you like to see on the Democrat side come through? Uh, all of the ones so far that have announced pretty beatable. We have, of course, we have Howard Schultz now, who's kind of an independent mm-hmm. guy. Wish they'll eat him alive. Um, who do I think it's going to be? Yeah. Kamala. I think it's going to be Kamala. Right. Um, I Minority th- female, ticks a lot of boxes. She uh, has a San Francisco some... machine behind her. Right. We'll have and money. That's a- that's a deadly machine. I think Kamala is going to be their nominee. I hope is she it's, a tough opponent? I think she is in some regards. I think she appeals to certain places more than others. I think she's going to struggle in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I think she's going to be the nominee. I'm not scared of her. She's going to run on identity politics, which I think is going to fail. I think that Biden would be probably the one to beat. I think he would be difficult mm-hmm. because he does appeal to those union voters and the people that Trump really won over. But I think it's going to be Kamala. She's going to use all the cards in her pocket and mm-hmm. she's going to be the nominee. And I can't wait to see the nicknames. I already call her Cammy, <laughs> but Cammy, I just can't wait I... to see, cause I just like, you know, you just got to 
President Trump has, He'll is, has he got will. a great nickname for everyone. A um, couple of things. Just want to make sure you're on the Fox Nation, uh, uh, the subscribing service yes. online. You have uh, first and final thoughts, which you do on there. You also have an interview show, right? No, yes, interruption, no interruption, which is great. And you also, I don't know where you get time to do mm-hmm. all of this. you you got a book coming out. I do. July 2nd, Never Play Dead, How the Truth Never Makes Play You Unstoppable. Dead. Sorry, yeah. I interrupted. What's no, the title? No, that's fine. Never Play Dead, How the Truth Makes You Unstoppable. And what are we, what's in the book? Well, kind of like what it sounds like. But for me, <laughs> I think the ability to stand up for yourself, no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, is an important important skill in life. And having the confidence in professional and, and personal aspects of your life is important. I've been able to find that at 26. I want to help other people do it, too. And I'm going to tell you how. Very impressive young lady. Tommy Lauren, thank you so much for dropping by. Really appreciate Thanks for it. We've got to get you guys out to the West Coast. We can oh, help me build the wall. Anytime, anytime. <laughs> brick by brick, we will build it. Yeah, we'll brick be out there. Brick. Slat by slat. Brian's very expensive. Yeah, I... I just want to say that. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We'll see you back here next time. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.